Thessalonians. Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ our King. We are so excited for this opportunity to share the Word of God with you through your favorite program, The Moment of Truth. We are at a critical moment in God's plan for humanity, and God is said to do awesome things in and through individuals, families, communities, organizations, nations, continents, and across generations. As we proclaim the Word of God in the following series, you are going to receive illumination and direction, especially those in the Valley of Decision, and hopefully you'll be accurately positioned for the current move of God. So, sit back and relax. Go ahead, call your family and friends, and get ready for a life-changing encounter with the Word of God. As you do, your life will never be the same again. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I can't hear you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The subject of our contemplation today is a comprehensive exposition on the Citadel logo. A comprehensive exposition on the Citadel logo. I had trouble with composing the title. What are to say? A comprehensive composition of the Citadel logo, or a, composition, a comprehensive composition on the Citadel logo. So I called my son and said, check Google for me. <laughs> and he checked Google and he saw that both are used a comprehensive composition, I mean, exposition on or off. So choose which one you like. But I will stick with my own. How many of you in this church are familiar with this staff? The rest are not because they just came. There are two of them. One is made of bronze and the other is just like this. Whenever I, want to warn, I wanted to warn those days to scatter the plans of the enemy, I bring the bronze one. And whenever I want to bless God's people, I bring this. But I didn't want them to make mountains out of molehills, lest they think the power is in the rod. And everybody comes to church the following Sunday with a rod in their hands. So I stopped using them. But for illustration purposes today, I reached out to one of them because of the message I preached many years ago titled, Leaning Upon My Staff. Say that with me, Leaning Upon My Staff. I met a man many, many weeks back now. I was coming out of the plane and he said, you are such a blessing to me when you came to Ibadan. I remember the message like yesterday, you titled it, Leaning Upon My Staff. It was at Olubi Johnson's church. The scripture of pasture. So that was the first message I preached in their church. Now I want to let you know what this means. Before you buy your own staff. Because if your rod. Is not like Aaron's rod. If they put it in the presence of God. It will not bud and blossom. Hello. And if you are Gehazi. If Elijah. Elisha put his staff in your hand 
to go lay it upon the dead son of the great woman of Shunem, nothing will happen. So I want you to understand when you hear leaning upon my staff, what does it mean? Let me start by sharing with you that when David went to battle against Goliath, Saul tried to put his armor, Saul's armor, on David and fasten the sword and everything on it so that he could prepare like a man of war to go to battle. But when he tried to move, he could not. You can imagine the weight and the height of the tallest man in Israel who had armor that he could not use and was trying to put the same armor on somebody else. When you shark responsibilities, that's what you do. You forget that the book ends on your table and you blame other people for your misfortune or the misfortune you are causing others. Okay? I hope you are listening to me. So, David said, I have not proved this. And he put it on. What did he take instead? 1 Samuel 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17. And look with me at verse 38 up to verse 40. 1 Samuel 17, 38 to 40. 1 Samuel 17, 38 to 40. He reads, So Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to work, for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with days, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. Then he took, I can't hear you. What did he take first? Then he took his staff in his hand and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch which he heard and his sling was in his hand. Ladies and gentlemen, what did he take to battle? His staff and what? Five smooth stones that he took by the brook, a pebble for every devil and every giant in the land of the Philistines, and also symbolic of the five ascension gifts of the Lord Jesus Christ. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. The Bible says he put them in a pouch before he puts them in the shepherd's bag. First, no, no, no. Colossians chapter 3. Our lives are hidden with Christ in God. There was no point putting it in a pouch before you put it in a bag because you are on the battlefield already. But everything of God follows pattern and order. If your life is not hidden with Christ in God and you take on the devil, you are breakfast for the devil. So at the end of the day, if Goliath was wise and he saw a man coming to fight him with his staff in his hand a shepherd's bag and his catapult <laughs> sling he should pause and say wait a minute what kind of warrior is this one what did he take first? Stop. I will explain it later. You are going to find out 
Why those who are generous in the army don't carry guns but staff? And where they, why their chief is called chief of army staff? Because if he had looked at that staff, he would have seen the day he killed the lion. Mark there. He would have seen the day he killed the bear. Mark there. Every encounter he had had with God and every victory he had obtained as a result of that encounter will be in that staff. So when he shows up without gun or bullet with his staff, he's relying upon what God has done for him in the past because he was going to have a present victory based on past encounters. If you are not a giant killer, you cannot raise other giant killers. If David went to battle with his staff, then he must reproduce himself in others to be able to do the same thing. First Chronicles chapter 11. First Chronicles chapter number 11. And check with me verses 22, 23, and 24. First Chronicles 11, 22 to 24. Benaiah was the son of Jehoda, the son of a valiant man from Kabzeel, who had done many deeds. He had done what? Many deeds. He had killed two lion-like heroes of Moab. Moab was their past. They were the enemies that attacked them in the past. So he had killed two lion-like heroes of Moab. He also had gone down and killed a lion in the midst of a pit on a snowy day. Do you understand that? That's not a good battle to fight. Because the enemy, like the lion, is going about roaring like a lion seeking whom to devour. And so, on a, on a snowing pit, in a snowing day, this man went to that pit and killed that lion in the present. But let's see what he did next. I beg your pardon. Moab was in their future because they met Moab when they left Egypt. This is their past, the Egyptian. The lion is their present. Do you understand? And he killed an Egyptian, a man of great height, five cubits tall. In the Egyptian's hand, there was a spear, like a weaver's beam. Is he not looking like Goliath? And he went down to him with... Wrestled the spear out of the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. Who did that? David, David killed Goliath with his own spear. And so the ones he reproduced himself in and who he raised could do exactly what he has done. That's why in the days to come, the pastors of, of the Citadel Global Community Church will outshine me. Amen. I don't think you understand. They will rise and shine and you say, who are these? Because it gets better in subsequent generations. They must be able to start with at least do the things that I've done and improve upon them. Can I hear? Amen. 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 I told my Amabira today, I said, you are too close for comfort. If men don't see the same grace upon my life or your life, then look for another department. Do you understand this? If Benaiah could not do what David did, then David has shortchanged them. 
Let's go to Jesus. At least you've seen David. You've seen Beniah. The son of a valiant man. Let's now see Jesus. The son of David. The son of Abraham. He was sending his 12 apostles out. And then he gave them the Bible. There was no Bible then. Then he gave them the blood of Jesus. He had not shed the blood. What did they leave home with? Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter number 6. Verse 7 to 9. Mark 6. 7 to 9. And he called the twelve to himself and began to send them out. How? Two by two. It takes a, a great team to build a great dream. He sent out two by two. So when you see our pastors and leaders taking on our services from now on, it will be two by two. Do you understand me? I don't, I don't think one person will preach first service, the other person will preach second service. Beginning from next Sunday. Two by two. Let's read. And gave them power over unclean spirits. He commanded them to take nothing for the journey. I'm not sure you are hearing that. To take nothing for the journey was the first thing they must take. A star. No bag, no bread, no copper in their money belts. Did they come back reporting that they failed? Verse 12 and 13. Verse 12 and 13. So they went out and prayed that people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with all many who were sick. And healed them. But what was the first thing they took? If you go back to Genesis 32, when Jacob heard that his brother was coming to meet him with 400 men, he stood before God and said, With this my staff, I crossed this Jordan. And now I've become two bands. Do you have a staff? Hmm. Or you think your staff are people working with you that you call staff? (laughs) And you pay them staff salaries and staff allowances, but you don't have a staff. Hebrews chapter 11. When he was about to go, the man who returned, he said, with my staff, across this Jordan now I've become two bands he was about to go and he wanted to bless the sons of Joseph Hebrews 11 21 Hebrews 11 21 by faith Jacob when he was dying blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshipped leaning on the top of his staff Today, as I unveil the real logo, before you and as I will do next Sunday also, 
I'm leaning upon my staff to teach. I'm leaning upon my staff to preach. I'm leaning upon my staff to prophesy over your lives. And everything you see in that logo, you become. Your amen is too weak for me. Give me a Bible and turn it to John chapter 12. Because you do not understand the significance of what I just said to you. Verse 35 and 36. I'll pray that prayer again after reading that. John 12, 35. See, by trying to reinvent your will, you can't get anything done. Because the works were finished from before the foundation of the earth. John chapter 12, verses 35 and 36. Then Jesus said to them, A little while longer, the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become the sons of light. He didn't say, light your own candle. He didn't say, go get some matches and light yourself up. He simply said, believe in the light and you become what you believe in. In the name of Jesus, as I lean upon my divine giftings and graces, as I lean upon divine encounters and victories that the Lord has given to me in these past 30 years, as I lean upon them to unveil the real logo before you, you will become everything that is in the logo. In the mighty name of Jesus. Everything you see today, you are becoming. Nothing will stop you. Nothing will truncate your destiny. You reach your goal. You feel, fulfill your destiny. You become unstoppable. In the mighty name of Jesus. You may be seated. Turn your Bible with me to Hebrews chapter 3 as you do that. And I'll read the first four verses and give some explanation. Then I'll go straight to the message. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1 to 4. Hebrews 3, 1 to 4. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. I've told you when I, when I read holy brethren, just say amen. amen. But God knows you are not holy. But he knows you will make you holy. Amen. And you shall be holy unto him. Amen. Do you understand? He knows. He knows that Abraham did not believe Jack. But he deposited uh, righteousness in his account when he believed. Do you understand me? Those struggled time and time again. He credited him with righteousness. So when you read partakers of heavenly calling, holy brethren, just say amen. 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 I'm still struggling with sin, but grant me grace as sin will have no dominion. Can I hear amen? Therefore, holy brethren, 
Partakers of the heavenly calling. Now consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him who appointed him, as Moses also was faithful in all his house. For this one has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who built the house has more honor than the house. The tabernacle you call the tabernacle of Moses, who built it? Don't give me answers because you don't know Jack. I don't want you, I don't know why you call it the tabernacle of Moses. God never said build the tabernacle for Moses. He said build me a sanctuary, me with capital M. If you read it in Exodus 25, build me a sanctuary that I may dwell amongst my people. And if you have any time, you have at any time read the proclamation of new dawn, the reason he ordered for the house and gave the specification is that he had a lifestyle and he, he lived in a particular way in heaven. He does want that, not want that lifestyle to change on earth. Oh, you don't get it. He, he wanted the earth to be his second home. Okay, I'm not going to go into all that. This is go and buy the book. And if you have bought it, you have not read it, go and read it. We wanted it to be a second home. I enjoyed those graces. Do you understand me? Yes, I do not need to live here and carry 10 portmanteaus because, is it portmanteau now? That was what I carried to Lagos before. I do not need to carry a lot of loads to go to London and look for a hotel to stay. And that's not at your expense. Neither do I need to go to America to be looking for where to stay. And my lifestyle there is my lifestyle here. There's no power outage in London if you pay your bills. There's no power outage in my house in Nigeria. You can enjoy the same. God is our father. Don't give me that look. Don't try to explain away your poverty. My son said the other day, he said, Dad, do you know we have never known power failure since the day we were born? And you were not there when they were born. For some of them, you were not there. There was no church, there was nothing. The other day, my wife was saying to someone, we need some lanterns, you know, those lamps you plug. He said, because anytime there's power failure, before it changes, I say, madam, let's test. You don't need it because it will not work. Because you can't count up to 10 before the light comes automatically by itself. Okay, let me read. You see this second service? Is still on me. And you know what? I finish when I finish. I didn't ask you to come for second service. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, uh-huh. Because we are stockpiling materials for the moment of true telecast, and it's when I finish that I finish. And I've not started at all. So just follow me as I lean upon my staff. I'm glad you made it to the second service. If you want quick fix, come to the first service. It's for the saints only. You don't need explanation. Okay? Good. Let's continue to read. 
Verse number four. Ready, read. For every house is built by someone, but he who built all things. Read it one more time. Listen to the message translation of that portion of scripture, and he wrote a title there, The Centerpiece of All We Believe. Verse 4 there reads, Every house has a builder, but the builder behind them all is God. It's called Triple B, the builder behind the builder. Every house has a builder, but the builder behind them all is God. In the Amplified Version of the Bible, it says, For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. <laughs> Hebrews 3, 4 in the Living Translation puts it in the past. For every house has a builder, but the one who built everything is God. That when you are designing your house to look like a particular thing, somebody had configured it and put it in your mind. Yes, sir. And in the NIV translation it says, for every house is built by someone, but God is a builder of everything. When I was explaining to those in the first service, I said, when you hear things like pillars of creation, don't get confused. You need to get the tape if you're not here. Don't get confused because the inspiration behind everything I teach or preach is from this book. I read other books, but my inspiration comes from here. And anything that that does not align with this cannot take place where I function. Was not there at the Lateran Assembly, I will not be there at the CGCC. You know why? Because this is the final authority on everything I do. And when I read this in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse number 8 said, The pillars of the earth belongs to God. And I said to them before the pillars of creation were discovered or the pictures of it taken uh, from the space the pillars of Bethel were already erected long before therefore don't get confused in your mind that oh there's some uh, Scientology or Christian science here there's no room for occult activities in this church can I hear Amen. amen And I thank God that none of us that met and wore for four months, none of us is ungodly. Every one of us is filled with the Holy Spirit. And you will see that God is behind everything. The more I look at this, I say, God, how did we get here? This is not the work of any man. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. Can I hear amen? Amen. Now let me go to the spiritual significance of this logo. Do you like this? In our existence as a ministry, this is the first logo with light in it. First and foremost, I would like to please, I would like you to take note 
of certain important things. As I give the biblical perspective on the design of the logo, and without taking any credit away from those of us who work tirelessly for four months on the conceptual definition of the Citadel Global Community Church, its vision, mission, core values, strategic objectives, and strategic progression, none of us, including the brand consultant, can claim any glory for our current logo. You say, why? The builder of everything is God. The reason is not far-fetched. As far back as Exodus, when the first tabernacle was built, God did not leave the pattern of the tabernacle and the design of all the artistic works therein to the whims and caprices of men. Instead, he called Moses to the mountain top and gave him the pattern of the tabernacle. See Exodus 25, 1 to 9. Exodus 25, let me read 1 and 2, then I read 8 and 9. Exodus 25, verses 1 and 2. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, that they bring me an offering from everyone who gives it willingly with his heart, you shall take my offering. Verse number 8. And let them make me what? A sanctuary. I told you the means with capital M. Let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. According to all that I show you. That is the pattern of the tabernacle. And the pattern of all his furnishings. Just so you shall make it. Next Sunday I will show you. That before Moses was showed the pattern of the tabernacle and the furniture and the furnishings within it, he had to first come before God with 70 elders. And after he had showed up with 70 elders, he had to build an altar to also erect 12 pillars. That will be next Sunday. 12 being the number of government. 70 being the number of nations. Do you understand me? And then God said, come to the mountain. Leave the others. Come to the mountain top alone. And he took his servant Joshua with him. But he alone stepped into that glory. And it was while he was there, blessing in glory, that God said, make me a sanctuary. But according to the pattern that I will show you on this mountain top, that's the way you must build it. But did Moses know how to create anything? So God had to call others by name. So it's not out of sheer laziness or lack of presenting to God that we ask consultants to come in and select the best of us to sit with them to walk through this process for four months. Let's see what happened and who and who did God use to actually design, I mean, build according to pattern. Who are the artists? He did not leave that to chance also. He called the artisans who designed all the artistic works 
after filling them with the spirit of God and wisdom and understanding and knowledge and in all manner of workmanship, he called them by name. Exodus 31, 1 to 6. He specifically called them by name, those who will help build and construct the tabernacle itself. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, See, I have called by name. Hello. Moses was with God. And he said, Hey, Moses, I know your limitations. I know your capacity. I know what you can do and what you cannot do. But I have other people there that I want to use. And I've called them by name. All right? I've called by name Bezali, the son of Huri, the son of Ur, of the tribe of Judah. And I've filled them with the Spirit of God before calling him. I've filled him with Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship to design artistic works, to work in gold, in silver, in bronze, in cutting jewels for setting, in carving wood, and to work all manner of workmanship. And indeed, I've appointed with him Aholiab, the son of Ahizamak, of the tribe of Dan. <laughs> One was from Judah, the other was from Dan. And I've put wisdom in the hearts of all the gifted artisans that they may make all that I have commanded you. He did not only give them wisdom, fill them with his spirit. He also gave them teachability, ability to teach those things. Exodus 35. Exodus 35. Verse 30. Exodus 35 verse 30. And Moses said to the children of Israel, remember God mentioned them by name to him on the mountaintop, right? He now came and said to the children of Israel what God had told him. And Moses said to the children of Israel, See, the Lord has called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And he has filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom and understanding, in knowledge and all manner of workmanship. To design artistic works, to work in gold and silver and bronze. In cutting jewels for setting, in carving wood, and to work in all manner of artistic workmanship. And he has put in his heart the ability to teach. In him, and a holy of the son of Ahizamak, of the tribe of Dan. He has filled them with skill to do all manner of work of the engraver, and the designer, and the tapestry maker. In blue, purple, scarlet thread, and fine linen. And of the weaver, those who do every work. And those who design artistic works. Chapter 36, verse 1, I'll stop here. And Bezalel, and Aholiab, and every gifted artisan whom the Lord has put wisdom and understanding to know how to do all manner of work for the service of the sanctuary shall do According to all that the Lord has commanded. They shall do according to all that the Lord has commanded. They shall do according to all that the Lord has commanded. Who among us that gather for four months could have said from the beginning, this is the logo we have. 
not the consultant, not you, not me, over 70 logos were considered, 17 were brought to us to examine and judge, and when everything was finished, we sent this logo without the Lone Star to trademark office, and they registered it. It was after registration, the Lord put the Lone Star in my heart. I was going to choose between one star or seven stars, but we are agreed because we know some things later. I know the one who created the seven stars, read your Bible. Seven star will tell it's not man's idea. And then we agreed on the Lone Star, and they had to file the application afresh again. Who, which of you, from the beginning to the end, knew from day one of that January 28th when we first met till we agreed on this, knew that this would be the logo. I didn't. Confess now. <laughs> Confess now. You can't even draw anything. Among us also were people who sent in their own designs. A brother from Ibadan sent his own wrote to me, my son, sent his own, and we did a critique of everything, but the owner of the house had put in the heart of everyone to contribute this or the other until I arrive at this. Every house is built by someone, but the builder behind the builder is who? So if God puts the wisdom, the understanding, the skill, and the ability to teach into the hands, into the hearts of those who constructed, and then walk through them. Who then built the first sanctuary? I can't hear you. You know what that name means? The Grand Organized Designer. See that with me? The grand, grand. Organized, organized designer. designer. Say one more time. The grand, the grand. Organized, organized designer. Before I go into the logo, and if you don't want me to go into it, so be it. I will see how you are receiving before I continue. I believe because God was behind it, this is why none of the names mentioned, Moses, Bezalel, or Aholiab. Bezalel name means in the shadow of God. Aholiab name means the tent of the Father. In the shadow of God and the tent of the Father, none of them could fill the house with his glory, not even Moses. God Almighty did all by himself so that even Moses could not enter the house when God's glory filled the house not to talk of Bezalel or Holiab, the anointed artisans. None of them could enter when the glory of the owner filled it. He was saying, yes, I gave you the idea. It's mine. I built it for myself. Can I hear amen? Amen. Before we go to the components of the logo, Let me give you an insight into the biblical concept of citadel. The biblical concept of citadel. 
In biblical history, there were only two citadels in the entire Bible. One in Israel and the other in Babylon. When I say we are going to have an interface with Babylon, you must understand where I'm coming from. There were only two citadels in the entire Bible, one in Israel and the other in Babylon. The first time the word citadel occurs in the Bible is in 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 20 to 24. 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 20 to 24, citadel in this context was the operational base of prophet Elisha. 2 Kings 5, 20 to 24. 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 20 to 24. But Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said, Look, my master has spared Naaman this Syrian, why not receiving from his hands what he brought? But as the Lord lives, I'm only. I will run after him. And take something from him. You're taking leprosy. So Gehazi pursued Naaman. When Naaman saw him running after him, he got down from the chariot to meet him and said, Is all well? <laughs> and he said, All is well. My master has sent me, saying, Indeed, just now, two young men, Okura, two young Two young men of the sons of the prophets have come to me from the mountains of Ephraim. Please give them a talent of silver and two changes of garment. Little goat mentality. The old war was ease and yet it was stealing little things. So Naaman said, please take two talents. One is too small. And he urged him and bound two talents of silver in two bags with two changes of garments and handed them to two of his servants. And they carried them on ahead of him. When he came to, I can't hear you. When he came to the citadel, he took them from their hand and stored them away in the house and let the men go and they departed. <laughs> now he went in and stood before his master. He joined the now church with covetousness in his heart. Elijah said to him, where did you go, Gehazi? And he said, your servant did not go anywhere. Then he said to him, did not my heart, if you see it in KJV, he said, I, did not my heart go with you when the man turned back from his chariot to meet you? Is it time to receive money and to receive clothing? All it grows and vineyards. This is why we do not sell our honor. Do you understand me? When the whole country is yours, an oil well should not trip you. Sheep and oxen, male and female servants. Therefore, the leprosy of Naaman shall cling to you and your descendants forever. And he went out from his presence, leprous as white as snow. Two plain truths about this citadel. Take your pen. And if you're typing in your notepad, get ready. Two plain truths about this citadel in Israel. Number one, from the story of prophet Elisha, his servant Gehazi, and Captain Naaman, it is clear that within the citadel, dishonest and covetous servants cannot thrive. Within the citadel, dishonest 
and covetous servants cannot thrive. This is why Gehazi became a leper. Covetous people beware. Number two. It's also clear that the citadel is where God's intelligence is accurately guarded and spiritual capacity is powerfully developed. The citadel is where God's intelligence is accurately guarded and spiritual capacity is powerfully developed so that we can nip in the bird the schemes and the plans of the enemy before they hatch their eggs. Second Kings chapter 6 verse 8 to 12. Intelligence is accurately guarded. Spiritual capacity is powerfully developed. So that we can nip all the schemes and the plans of the enemy in the bird. Before they had their eggs. Second Kings chapter 6, 8 to 12. Now the king of Syria was making war against Israel. And he consulted with his servant saying, my camp will be in such and such a place. And the man of God sent to the king of Israel saying, beware that you do not pass this place. For the Syrians are coming down there. <laughs> Then the king of Israel sent someone to the place of which the man of God had told him. Thus he warned him and he was watchful there, not just once or twice. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? Remember Naaman just returned. And they could have just concluded that it was Naaman that was revealing their work, plans and secrets to Israel. Next verse. And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. What Elaro crusade. And I turned to my wife early in the morning and said, Make me a cup of tea quickly. I need to take something before I go out. The SSS people are coming to arrest me. I said, please do the tea quickly. And she made the tea for me. She's here. And I took the cup of, as soon as I put it down, they knock at the door. I said, yes, I know you are coming. I've been expecting you. Let's go. But before we get there, let me tell you what will happen to your family. (laughs) (laughs) Within the citadel, accurate intelligence must be gathered and spiritual capacity must be built so that we can nip in the bird all the schemes and the plans of the enemy before they had their eggs. Do you understand this? The second citadel is in Babylon. It's mentioned 12 times in the Bible, 11 times in the book of Esther, and one time only in the book of Daniel. Give me Esther chapter 1. And then you go to Daniel chapter 8 so that we can establish. You can study the entire book of Esther and Daniel. You find out that the citadel is mentioned 11 times in Esther and one time in the book of Daniel. Esther 1, 1 to 4. Esther 1, 1 to 4. Now it came to pass in the days of Ahasuerus. This was the Ahasuerus who reigned over 127 provinces 
as a global power from India to Ethiopia. In those days when King Ahasuerus sat on the throne of his kingdom, which was where? I can't hear you. Which was in Shushan, the citadel. Write down the word Shushan means joy. That's what it means. That's what it means. Let's read. That in the third year of his reign, he made a feast for all his officials and servants. The powers of Persia, Media, the nobles. When we are saying to the nations and powers of the earth, we know what we are saying, gentlemen. The new day has dawned upon us. Yesterday ended last night. That in the third year of his reign, he made a feast for all his officials and servants. The powers of Persia, Media, the nobles and the princes of the prophecies being before him. When he showed the riches of his glorious kingdom and the splendor of his excellent majesty for many days, 180 days in all. May God develop capacity in you. Amen. That wherever you go, men will recognize who you are. In the name of Jesus. Thanks so much for listening. We have to end it here today, but it's been a real joy to come into your homes to unveil the truth of God's Word. This message will continue in a subsequent episode. I pray that the truth you have embraced will not only set you free, but it will empower you to impact your environment positively as God's representative in your sphere of influence. Till we meet again on this platform, remain sandwiched between the peace of God and the God of peace. God bless you richly. Bye for now.